We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360-degree sound. So you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Crossing route, Gurley makes the catch 20. First down, he hurdles. Far side of the field, stays on his feet. Inside the 10, Todd Gurley making his case for MVP. Wait, he throws back shoulder. Higby reaches out and makes an incredible catch for a first down. Off his back foot, he throws to the end zone. Cooper Cup leaping to make the catch. Out of bounds, he has it for six. He's got a knee-high snap, looking left. Now over the middle. He pump fakes. He rolls to his right with Connor Barwin pursuing. He knocks him down. The ball is thrown up in the air and batted away. Incomplete. The Rams' defense clinches it. Goff will come on the field for victory formation. The Rams' sideline across the field from us erupts in celebration. And so the playoffs are coming back to L.A. This January at the Coliseum. We, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is managing editor Derek C. Apollo over here at Rams Talk. It is possibly, depending on the order we release the Hall of Fame podcast, our first episode of the year. So, Happy New Year to you. Um, it's, it's our bye week. What are we going to talk about? What was lost to talk about? We're actually going to have on here in a moment a conversation with Cam DeSilva from Ramswire, USA to Ramswire. We had a long discussion over a half hour of anything ranging from free agents to chances in the playoffs who like the face and so on and so forth. So we'll get to that. But before we do, we want to ask you to go ahead and if you're on Spotify, SoundCloud, Spreaker, wherever you are, subscribe. Please subscribe, hit that subscribe button or 
like button, or whatever it is they got. And if you're on iTunes as well, please leave us a nice five-star review if you believe we've earned it. It helps us out. Oh, and don't forget the other shows on our network, including Rampage Radio, which is on hiatus, and Budding Heads with Johnny and Steve. Uh, Rampage Radio, they, they have some family things going on with, it, with the new year, and so we'll see them soon. Okay, and also, because this is a long conversation, and I want to be able to give you guys the, you know, the full conversation with Candace Silva without interruption, Let's go ahead and talk about our sponsors first. Most of us are practically addicted to anything Los Angeles Rams. So if you want to learn more about the Rams history with a bit of personal touch, check out Jim Hawk's Hollywood Teen Grit Glamour in the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. The book tells the story of the 1950s Rams through the lens of Jim's dad, John. Oh, he was an offensive lineman from 1953 to 1957. Check out the son's story of his father and the team he played for in an era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. Read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Grace Lakes Hirsch, Tom Fierce, and Les Richter in this story spanning the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at hollywoodsteam.com and on Twitter at hollywoodsteam. It's available both in hardback and electronic form at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. You can also find his books through various other booksellers on the internet. I've read it, folks, cover to cover. It's worth every penny. It's not expensive. It's a great story about a person's father and the legacy he left behind. Again, folks, trust me. Check it out. Hollywood's Teen Grit Glamour and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. Oh, and if you happen to leave a review on Amazon, send it to us. We might just send you a little something-something. Send us a copy of it, and maybe, maybe, maybe we'll send you something in return. Also, we do want to talk about our original sponsor, the Golden Ram Barbershop. If you're looking to support one of your own out in the Orange County area and like the old school barbershop experience, check out the Golden Ram Barbershop at 13755 Golden West Street in Westminster, California, 92683. Sal Martinez opened up his shop at his shrine to the Rams on the day the team left for St. Louis. He's kept the lines on ever since, I promise you. He's by appointment only, so give him a call at 714894 Rams or 7267. Use the promo code RAMSTALK so he knows we sent you and get a discount on an already affordable haircut. The Gold Ram Barbershop is open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., and on Saturday, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. One more time, give Sal a call at 714-894-7267. A visit to his shop is well worth it just to enjoy all the Rams memorabilia there. But Sal also provides that old-school barbershop experience. He'll talk Rams football with you. He'll talk NFL football with you. Trust me, you won't regret it. Sally even managed to make my head look, well, uh, a little normal. Okay, so without further ado, check it out our interview with Cam the Silva. All right, we're here with Cam the Silva from Rams Wire, USA Today Rams Wire. How you doing, Cam? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful, just relaxing a little bit with the no more high stress, at least for one week. I'm sure you're feeling a little bit relaxed as well as we have to finally sit back and not worry about the Rams winning or losing for a weekend. Yeah, um, yeah it is a nice little break before that next uh, that next playoff game. Yeah, and, and, and just checking up on your work, though, it seems like you're getting some other things done and, and you know, looking at free agents, looking at some of the coaching changes possible, uh, just finding work to do. Yeah, yep, trying so, to fill that void of, of not having the, <laughs> the typical weekly game prep uh, preview stuff, so uh, looking ahead a little bit. Yeah, actually, I'm not, I'm not sure what to do with myself. I'm, <laughs> I'm really not sure what to do with myself. But let's, let's get into some of those things. Um, first off, you and I both just mentioned it. We, we're kind of chilling a little bit this week. 
the Rams are too. They are. They haven't had a press conference in a couple of days. I'm guessing they'll have one today. Um, it's been pretty quiet on their front. What's the vibe you're hearing on, on how this team's getting ready for the playoffs? Yeah, it seems like they're taking them a little bit slow. Uh, I think they're practicing today and tomorrow, and then they'll probably take the weekend off um, before their final prep next week. Um, but it just seems like they're they're enjoying this bye week. Um, you heard it from the players after the win over the 49ers. They um, said they were going to celebrate this win and, and the accomplishments that they had this season going 13-3 and for a little while, and then they would turn their attention to uh, the upcoming divisional round when uh, when that time comes. Um, so McVay talked about it a little bit. He said they've, they've done a lot of work on the Bears and Seahawks, having already played them. Um, so I think maybe they'll possibly take a little bit longer of a look at the Cowboys because they haven't played them yet, maybe study them up a little bit more. Um, so I would imagine it's a light week for them too, uh, just as far as the, the grind of practice, and maybe they'll just use a little bit more of this time to do some film study. So that's actually concerning to me, not be- because they haven't earned the right to. Of course they've earned the right to. But the last time we saw them take a break, they didn't come back quite normal. Like, you know, we were all cheering for that buy. The Rams need this buy so bad. We need to buy. They take a couple of days. They get Thanksgiving off. They can eat a bunch of turkey. And then Detroit, Philadelphia, and Chicago happen. Is that concerning at all that they were come back from this, this, this buy with a little bit of a, well being off again yeah maybe a little hangover um you go back and you look at the last what three four times two or three times they've been off um if you go back to last year before that playoff game they took week 17 off essentially resting their starters came out slow um lost that game you look at the preseason heading into week one none of the top, top primary starters um really played any significant playing time they came out a little bit slow in the first half. Granted, they they got it going in the second half, but um, came out a little slow against the Raiders. You look at the bye week um, coming out of Thanksgiving. They didn't play especially well against the Lions. Um, so every time they've had a little bit of a break, they've not 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 exactly been terrible, but um, I don't think they've been as sharp as they were before the break. Um, obviously, you can't necessarily say that about the preseason because no one's really sharp at that point in the year. But um, yeah, I, I definitely think it's a, a concern. Um, the benefit is that you give Todd Gurley an extra week of rest. Same with Andrew Whitworth. That's the nice part about it. But um, there's definitely some worry about coming out flat and, and really having a little bit of a, um, a bi-week hangover heading into that divisional round. Now there's this other side though, that the Rams went 13 and three, they were killing it for most of the season. I would also think that these teams, the Lions, the Bears, the Eagles, are giving the Rams their best. The target's on their back now. Could that be part of it as well? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the Rams, now that they have this extra week to um, kind of sit back and digest and um, study these teams, they're going to – there's um, – I don't know if it's a, a added – a lessened sense of um, – not necessarily. I don't know how to phrase it, but basically, they are gonna they're gonna have a target on their back in the postseason because of what they have accomplished. Um, and really, you're gonna see the best from whatever team they play against. I, obviously, they can't play against the Eagles because they're the sixth seed. So if they do win, uh, the Saints get them automatically. But those other two, three teams don't necessarily match up well um, for the Rams. They have good defenses, mobile quarterbacks. Um, 
which could give the Rams a little bit of trouble. And in the playoffs, so you'd expect that. I, I look at these matchups and go, okay, well, there's one I don't want. I don't want the Bears game. The Bears knew exactly what to do. They have the right matchups up front to really harass the Rams' offensive line. That one is one I'd rather avoid if possible, hopefully into a, possibly an NFC Championship game. Um, that, that, that one won't happen. So Cowboys, though, are intriguing to me because – of what happened last year, 35-30 week four. It just kind of changed the dimensions of last season. The Cowboys upgrading with Amari Cooper this year during during the middle of the season, during the Raiders' fire sale. Which matchup intrigues you the most? As far as uh, Potential beneficial matchup. for the Rams? Beneficial or just the, the, the most fun? Which one do you want to see the most? I guess two questions. Which one do you want to see the most and why? And then which one's best for the Rams and why? I think it'd be fun to see the Rams and the Seahawks uh, match up again just because they go at it twice a year and to see them play in the postseason um, for a third time this year, I think that'd be a fun matchup. Um, I, I think the Rams definitely have the advantage in that one. So I think it's also the probably the most beneficial because of that familiarity. Um, they've already beaten them twice this season. Obviously, it's hard to beat a team three times in the same year, but um, I think that's a matchup that they would like, and I think that'd be a fun one um, to watch. The other two teams, like you said, I'd, I don't necessarily want to see them play against the Bears. Um, the Bears seem to have their number. They knew exactly how to stop that offense and slow them down. They have those guys up front. Khalil Mack's not someone you want to face in the postseason with uh, with how important the pass rush is. Um, but that being said, on the other side, part of me says, well, that was in Chicago in the cold weather at Soldier Field where they had a home field advantage. Uh, could the Rams really take advantage of what they learned from that game and um, put the floor, put the pedal to the floor and really um, take it to the Bears if the game is at home at the Coliseum? I would have to imagine the offense would perform significantly better in that situation, but Again, that Bears defense is so good that I don't think for a a team that has as good of an offense as the Rams do, I don't think that's a defense you want to face. And then there's the Cowboys. Where do they match up here if if the Rams can get them? They're they're kind of a similar team to the Seahawks and the the Bears. Um, I wouldn't say their defense is on the same level as Chicago, but you got Byron Jones outside um, playing really well at cornerback. Marcus Lawrence is not someone you want to have to block off the off the left side of the defense. Um, those linebackers, man, if if you want to talk about two guys who can really slow down Todd Gurley in that running game, Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith can definitely do it. Um, so I think that kind of makes it a difficult matchup for the Rams too. Um, fortunately, they do probably have the worst offense of that of those three teams, so that benefits the Rams. But um, that, uh, yeah, that's not a matchup I would really like to see the Rams have either, just because it's uh, it's that almost that same formula as the Bears with that defense. I just think though they have that offense has gotten a lot better with Amari Cooper in the fold, though. I mean, it's yeah, not, yep. It's not yep. something you want to kind of sit back and go, "Ah, oh, their offense sucks." I mean, it it did early in the year. Yeah, they can just focus on Zeke, but now they have that that man outside. It makes you wonder what the heck the Raiders were thinking. Yeah, exactly. Giving away yeah. talent like that. What, what were yep. they thinking? It's- I know. I, I mean, you see Amari Cooper in the playoffs playing such a big role for the Cowboys. Obviously, Khalil Mack. Um, I, I don't know what they're doing over there. If they 
hopefully John Gruden hits on those picks that he that he acquired in those trades. But if not, there's going to be a lot of angry fans in Oakland and in Vegas in a couple of years. And that's not <laughs> something that the Raiders want to happen. And, and maybe even London and what we're hearing here, you know, 2019. Yeah, who, who knows? Who knows where they're going to play next year? Who wants to move to a new city with that kind of cloud over their skies? I can't. I can't imagine. I know. I All right, back to the Rams because that's what we're really here for. The <laughs> it is hard. It's hard to avoid talking about that train wreck. I have to be honest. But with the Rams, these three opponents, matchups wise, I, I just happened to look through your pieces here as well. You noted that Pro Football Focus only had one All Pro for the Rams, and that being Aaron Donald. We have fewer Pro Bowlers this year, but yet we ha- we put together a better season. Why the difference overall, and and how? the Rams are being viewed when they actually put together a better team on the field, at least according to record. And the, and the schedule is tough this year too, don't forget. Uh, why the difference? What's Why are they being treated a little bit differently? Yeah, I don't know, I don't know exactly why pro football focus was so down on Gurley. I think he was, correct me if I'm wrong, either 15th or 16th, I, I think, um, among running backs. Um, obviously, he had those last two weeks off, but Throughout the year, if you kept up with PFF, um, he was he was never really in that top five for very long among running backs, which is a little bit surprising. Um, I don't know if they view the offensive line as um, really the catalyst for him, and he's just the beneficiary of having such big running lanes to run through. I, I, don't, I don't know exactly what the deal is with that. Um, Jared Goff, I know he, he ranked highly on their scale, but not enough to get um, – the number one spot among quarterbacks. I, I don't know exactly who it was. I would imagine it's either uh, Breeze or Mahomes. Um, but I, I don't know exactly why an offensive lineman didn't get an, get an honor, even a second-team mention. Um, on the defense, it's hard to really pick out anyone. Uh, I love John Johnson's game, but he uh, doesn't necessarily get the recognition that a lot of other safeties do. And really, there's a lot of good safeties in the league right now. Um, Dominican Sue kind of disappointed. Uh, Corey Littleton got a second team mention on special teams. Um, I, I don't know exactly what what's going on with the the lessened individual honors, but um, it definitely was a better team effort overall. The offense was not so reliant on uh, Todd Gurley. Jared Goff had a really good season. The receivers were uh, were really really good, especially Brandon Cooks in his first year here. Um, maybe it's just the fact that they're there's so much to so so much um, praise to go around with all these players. You have Donald Gurley, Goff, the receivers. It's not necessarily one central focal point where um, that one player is going to get the bulk of the uh, the attention. But definitely a better all around season for the Rams. I mean, Brandon Cooks are our brand new receiver this year. His sets career numbers in receiving yards. Even him, Did- he's he's not really even mentioned. Right, you're right. Him and him and uh, Robert Woods had really similar numbers. Whereas, if you're looking at a team like the like the Texans, where they rely on DeAndre Hopkins, he's getting all of that attention. Um, whereas the Rams are, they have those mouths to feed, so to speak, uh, with Cooks and Woods, where their numbers are still fantastic. Um, it's just that they don't see the volume that some other receivers do across the NFL. So you also you mentioned in Dominican Sue. And Brand spent fourteen million dollars to bring him in. What happened? Where, what was wrong with him this year that he did not meet the expectations of a fourteen million dollar man? Yeah, I don't. I don't know if it was necessarily the position change going from D tackle uh, to nose tackle, 
Pro Football Focus had him, I think he's number 20 among defensive interior players, which I was a little bit surprised at. He had a, he had a good grade from them, um, but just not really impactful at all. He started off the season good. I think he had three sacks in like the first five games, making a bunch of tackles for loss, hitting the quarterback. And then he just went through a dry spell from midseason until pretty much late in the year where he wasn't doing anything. He had, I think, half a sack for like nine weeks in a row. Um, just not really getting after the quarterback. The running, the run defense was terrible, and that kind of starts in the middle with him um, trying to eat up blocks. But Michael Brockers didn't really step up the way I expected him to. Donald can only do so much when he's getting doubled 75% of the time. Um, I really expected Sue to have a better season, especially against the run, which is an area where the Rams really struggled last season. Okay, so that takes me to this question, because in the last games of 49ers, we did actually call out Sue's name for some things are bad, too, by the way. But also, Brockers got some pressure on. Overall, though, we see Donald get 20.5 sacks for the year. And is it possible, because he's never done this before, is it possible that these other guys were impacted by Donald or that they did, or Donald impacted them in a way we haven't seen due to the fact that we saw 20.5 sacks from Donald? I'm not sure if that yeah, I, question made sense at all. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly if, uh, if, how big of an impact they had on him. Um, you look at the numbers and the pressure that he's getting, the sacks that he's getting, and you want to say, hey, that must be because Sue is taking a, taking attention away from him and Brockers is drawing blockers his way. Um, but then you look at the fact that he's been doubled more than 70% of the time, and you really wonder how much attention teams are paying to Sue and Brockers along the de- defensive line too. Um I expected, I, I really thought Sue and Brockers were going to have better seasons just having Donald next to them and having really three good defensive linemen up front um, where it makes it difficult to double any of them. Um, and then, of course, you mix in the outside pressure, which the, the Rams didn't get much of. Um, I, I don't know exactly what went wrong with Sue. They tried to move him to defensive end a little bit, kept him at nose tackle. Um, really, it just didn't seem like anything popped out um, as far as his role with the Rams. And that brings me to the next question. I know we're a little bit early because there's still time to go, but you actually just put out a full list of free agents today. And among them, Dominic Sue, Lamarcus Joyner, uh, Dante Fowler, all these names here, even Corey Littleton. So who in your mind is staying and who's going? I definitely think Corey Littleton is going to be back just because he's a restricted free agent. Um, he had a obviously had a, he had a solid season this year. He's a core special teams player. Um, made some really big plays on defense too, like that pick six in week seventeen. Um, I definitely think he's going to be back. I get the feeling that Saffold is probably going to be back too. Just listening to what he said, um, he talked about taking a home down hometown discount um, possibly this off season and just really um, commending McVeigh for the job that he's done and, and the culture that he's created in L.A. So I want to say he's going to be back. I would not be surprised at all if Sue and Joyner were both gone. Um, Joyner being on the franchise tag this year didn't really have a great season. I was really high on him heading into this year. I thought he was phenomenal last year, um, but kind of took a step back, was a little bit lost in coverage at times, isn't the best tackler, obviously, with his undersized frame. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him leave. I think a team will probably give him a, a pretty 
significant contract, um, even if it's a, a short term one. Um, I just think he's going to he's probably going to have better offers on the table than the Rams are going to be willing to give. And one thing we don't we don't really talk about with Joyner is he's 29 years old. So it's not like he's the youngest player out there. Um, he's only three years younger than Sue. And it, it feels like Sue's been around forever. Um, so I, th- I think Sue and Joyner are probably both going to be gone. Um, I would like to see them bring back Dante Fowler if they can get him on a reasonable contract. Um, I, I don't, I mean, the way that these teams pay pass rushers, it's hard to say that's going to happen, but, um, I would like to see them bring him back and because they have so many questions at outside linebacker, I don't know that you feel comfortable going into next year with Samson Ebukam as your starter and possibly Okoronkwo as the other guy. Um, they just haven't seen enough from, from the guys that they have right now to, to feel confident going into next season with that depth chart. Well, I'm looking at this thing going, I, I honestly believe Sue's gone. At age 32, making 14 a year, He's how much of a pay cut would he be willing to take? And the Rams could probably spend that money elsewhere a little better. Get some youth on the, on the defensive line, maybe address the mm-hmm. linebacking core. I, I, I've been saying for months now, Joyner's gone. They're mm-hmm. not going to pay that kind of They've never been a team that pays safeties a lot of money. Yep, yep. But, you look at the past safeties with uh, TJ McDonald and – um, there's been a few others that I can't think of right off the top of my head, but it's just they don't want to pay them. And it's I mean, it's the approach of less need in, in that front office. But um, they've seemed to find guys who can fill in and and do it for relatively cheap. Like John Johnson was a great draft pick. Um, Joiner last year was cheap and he played well. So um, I, I, yeah, I find it hard to believe that they're going to give him a big, big contract. So I'm looking at the rest of this list here. I see Kadaro Hodge. I think they'll probably try and bring him to camp. Uh, Garrett Sickles, I, I don't know, man. We haven't seen it too much of him. What are your thoughts on Sickles? Yeah, I, I mean, he hasn't played any snaps this year. It's hard to really get a gauge on him. Um, they need some youth. Whoever it is, they need some guys at outside linebacker that can rush the passer. Um, whether it's going to be Fowler coming back, whether they're going to give Okoronkwo a, a bigger um, role next year. We haven't even seen him active once this year. Um, maybe Justin Lawler, Trevon Young. Uh, I mean, they they sink they sunk a lot of assets into the pass rush this off season with those young guys, and, and even even if they're late draft picks, um, they're still taking chances on them, knowing that that outside linebacker position needs to be better. Um, I mean, I don't know exactly where they're going to go with it, but uh, they definitely need to address it. Well, here we go. This one's uh, C.J. Anderson and Malcolm Brown. Yeah, now, you, now you're getting interesting there. Um, obviously, Gurley is under contract for a long, long time. Um, Malcolm Brown has proved to be a really solid backup. Um, he's a, a restricted free agent, so you can keep him fairly easily. Um, TJ Anderson had a great two weeks. Who knows what it's going to be in the postseason, how many snaps he's going to get. Um, I just I wouldn't sink too many too much money into the backup running back position just because of how heavily the Rams rely on Todd Gurley and how easily they were um, able to just sign someone, plug him in and, and um, still have success in the running game. I, I mean, there these running backs you can plug and play so easily. It seems in the NFL, James Conner in, in Pittsburgh. Um, I just, I wouldn't spend too much money on the backup running back position, especially with Justin Davis and John Kelly there too. See, I'm not so sure I agree, and this is why. We looked at some of the body of work from 
Malcolm Brown before he got hurt. Even even with uh, John Kelly in times he got, and he, he ran okay. But these guys didn't really do what C.J. Anderson did once he got in the lineup. He's a bowling ball out there who was able to just run over people like crazy. And that's not something that Malcolm Brown was doing consistently when he was in the game. And the same for for um, for John Kelly. So I, I'm I admit I'm trying not to fanboy over Anderson here, but isn't it possible he would make a good compliment to Gurley if they were wanting to keep him? A good compliment. The styles are different, and maybe help keep Gurley healthy. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely think that's possible. Um, I wouldn't necessarily bring both of them back. I'm, I, I think that's kind of what you're getting at, just picking Anderson over Brown. Um, but I, I, I like John Kelly's game a lot. He showed a lot in the preseason. Just watching his tape at Tennessee, he he's a physical guy who um, he can do a lot of things out of the backfield. But seeing what Anderson did these past couple games, it was it was really impressive. And I'm interested. I'm interested to see how the Rams use him in the playoffs if they kind of use him to take heat off of Gurley and, and keep him fresh throughout the game. Um, I mean, he, he looked really good in those last two games. He had more yards after contact in that first one than Todd Gurley has ever had in a single game in the NFL. Um, he had a longer run. Uh, I think it was 46 yards. It was longer than any run Gurley's had in the seat in the NFL this year. Um, so, I mean, it's, he did a, he did a great job. And um, if the Rams do want to kind of, prolong Gurley's career maybe it is smart to bring in uh, someone like him who can take pressure off of Gurley and keep him fresh and um, limit the wear and tear that he takes on his body considering you do have him signed for for uh, what four or five more years four or five more years so yeah. um, that is important well also looking here at the cornerback position we got several cornerbacks are going to be for agent Sam Shields Troy Hill Dominic Hatfield and Kevin Peterson of those of that of that group, who stays, who goes? I think Troy Hill is going to be back. He's a restricted free agent. Um, Sam Shields didn't do enough, I would say, to um, to earn a spot at cornerback next year. Um, core special teams player. He made a couple nice plays on special teams to keep the keep punts out of the end zone. Um, but Hill has showed flashes this year and last where he can be a really good cornerback. Um, and being a restricted free agent, it's easier to to lock him up. He's only 28. He's 28 years old and four years younger than Shields. Um, and the Rams are going to need depth because I don't really know how they're going to approach the cornerback position this offseason. I mean, you have Aqib Talib, who is relatively cheap. I don't know, I don't remember exactly what he's going to be making. I want to say it's eight million. That's right, um, but they yeah. can, they they can cut him with no penalty. Um, so I'm not I'm not saying they're going to, but if they wanted to move on, they could cut him with no dead money. Uh, Marcus Peters, they can do the same if they're not impressed with what he's done this year. Um, and then Nickel Roby Coleman's going to be there in the slot. But um, I don't know exactly how they're going to approach the cornerback position this year. You could see them spend a first rounder on on a corner. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how they approach uh, Tlaib and Peters' situations. Well, there's also Hatfield and Peterson. Peterson, we he was actually rather impressive at the end of the year last year as a sub Mm-hmm. During the, the infamous 49er Rams game there. Yeah. Got two interceptions, then got hurt out for the season. He's he's another restricted free agent, an ERFA actually. Mm-hmm. What about him and, and Hatfield? Yep, yep. I like both of them too. They're going to be relatively cheap to bring back. Um, they've both shown flashes of um, being solid cornerbacks. And 
I really don't see any reason not to bring them back considering how cheap they're going to be. It's not, it's not like you're going to have to pay these guys three, $4 million a year. So um, I definitely think those are two guys who they should bring back. All right. Now, finally, the, the real legend we want to talk about here, Jojo Nadson. <laughs> I, I mean, that move with Pharaoh Cooper was a little bit puzzling. Um, I'm not going to say he was good this year because he really wasn't, especially after returning from the injury. Um, but Natson, those he's had some shaky punt returns and kick returns. Um, I, I mean, I like his game as a wide receiver. I think they need to to really find a, a core special teams solid return guy who they're not going to hold their breath every time a punt is put in the air and he has to field it. Um, but I do like his game as a receiver. Yeah, I, I really wonder what they're going to do there. And the reality also is the rules the rules change really hurt the return game mm-hmm. overall. You're not going to go out there as easily now and just go get a devoted return guy. Yep. And I wonder also, you have Blake Countess there. He's going to be a free agent. Are you going to just say, hey, I'm going to resign one of these two guys, and that's going to be my return guy, Countess or Nassin? Is that what you do at this point? Because they don't really need both anymore. It's not the same. The rules, the rules really, it's a bummer. The return game was so much fun. Even last year, Farrell Cooper, you know, beating the Jaguars, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what he did. And mm-hmm. now, look at it, and it's kind of been, what's the what's the right word here? I'm, I, I have a perverted word that pops in my mind. But they've, <laughs> they've made it, they've made the kicking game somewhat, the return game, a little bit obsolete. Yeah. They really yeah, have. Definitely. Yep. It's it's not as, uh, you don't get as, as many big returns. I don't know exactly how many touchdown returns there were in the NFL this season, but it just felt very minimal, um, the impact the kick returners had. You could still make plays on punts and, and things like that, but um, it's just the whole return game aspect of, of special teams has been... <sighs> Like you said, I don't know. I don't know the word, but it's just it's minimized. There's not you don't get those. You know, having a Devin Hester is not necessarily as important now as it as it did uh, as it was years ago. And that's why I think the reasoning is behind Farrell Cooper. He comes back from injury. He's not the same. He's not quite where they want him to be. He's not really playing much at wide receiver. So why keep him? Uh, it has to be their mentality. They had to have seen something in practice that said, you know what. The rules are changed now. We don't really need a major return guy. He's not really fitting the bill anyways. Let's let him go. Yeah, I think I think it was that. The combination of that and him just being ineffective. Um, he was really good last year, but this season he just he, – he wasn't making good calls on kick returns. He was taking them out of the end zone when he probably shouldn't have. Um, just putting the Rams in bad spots, especially after returning from the injury. I don't know if he felt pressured to do it, um, to really try to make a play more often than he needed to. But um, just he wasn't himself the way that he was last year. All right, last question. I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, this Rams team, 13-3, the number two seed. How far do you believe, honestly, seeing this team play throughout the year, their highs and their lows, how far can they go? Are they capable of winning the Super Bowl? Can they, you know, can they beat the Saints in, or anybody else in the NFC Championship game? What do you believe this team really can do realistically? Absolutely capable of winning the Super Bowl. Um, I, I think I predicted they would win the Super Bowl before the season started. I'm not necessarily wavering on that. Um, the Saints look really good right now, but they've also looked human um, these past couple weeks, just as the Rams have after the bye. Um 
I think the Rams are definitely going to move on past the divisional round, just looking at the teams that they can face. Um, even the Bears, I think the, I think they're very capable of beating the Bears. Um, it's going to come down to whether they can go to New Orleans and beat the Saints in a hostile environment. Um, they didn't do it the first time. I don't know if they're going to be able to do it a second time. Um, but regardless, they're one of, I would say, probably the three best teams in the league right now with the Saints and the Chiefs. No one else really scares me in the AFC. Um, I don't have a lot of confidence in the Patriots. The Texans don't necessarily scare me much. So if they do reach the Super Bowl and it's anyone but the Chiefs, I have a lot of confidence that they're going to win that game. Um, I mean, I can only hope to see another Chiefs-Rams rematch in the Super Bowl because that game was so much fun. Um, But I I don't really think there's any limit to what this team can do in the playoffs. When I look at it like... Get past, get past the Saints. Mm-hmm. They can get, if they get past the Saints, I think they're in. I think they're going to win. They're, yep, they're going to take yep. the whole thing. To me, even the Chiefs with their 31st ranked defense, 30th ranked defense, I just don't see them stopping the Rams like other teams are able to do. Right. I mean, they yep. gave up 54 to them. Yep. I, I definitely think the Saints are the biggest threat to them. Um, they have a better defense. They have that pass rush. They have good cornerbacks which uh, you can't say exactly the same about the Chiefs because of how um, how much that, that defense has struggled. So I definitely think that the Saints are the biggest threat to the Rams um, in the NFL, regardless of conference. But, you know, you just mentioned it, and you're the first person I've really noticed to have actually mentioned it, is the Saints haven't looked right for a month either. Yeah. The yep. national, yeah, the national media is all over the Rams. Like, what's mm-hmm. wrong with the Rams? Well, the Saints managed to win a little more, but they haven't looked right. No, they, they, yeah, they definitely haven't. Um, like you said, the Rams get the, the bulk of the attention for being a little bit off. But if you look at the, the Saints' last five games, they scored 10 points, 12 points, 14 points in three of them. Um, that last one, obviously, the, the starters weren't playing. But um, they've, had, they've had their struggles. And um, while the defense has looked good at times, they had that really good stretch um, from week 11 until like week 15, week 16, where the defense was playing well. But um, the offense has had its struggles. And even if you look at that Bucks game, they struggled and almost lost that game. Uh, they were down early and then they came back. So um, it, these teams, a lot of all these teams in the NFL, they're very beatable. I don't think anyone is, is really one of those, um, those past Patriots teams where it's you wonder if anyone is ever going to beat them. Um, I wouldn't say that's the case with any team in the NFL this year. You know, it's a little weird you say that, too, because it's been a long time since I've actually gone through and thought, you know, there is no there's no, there's no unbeatable team. The last time I thought of a team that, to me, was a guaranteed Super Bowl champion were those 90s Cowboys teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the, the days of the dynasty are gone. And now, ever since, everybody has a flaw that can be exploited. Even that 2007, 2007 Patriots team had a flaw yep. to it. Yep. So, And the Giants exploited it by the way yeah exactly all right so cam let people know where they can find you please you can follow me on twitter at cam de silva um you can find all my stuff at the ramswire.usatoday.com and then you can follow um, us on twitter at the ramswire all right dude thanks so much for taking the time to come on again follow him on twitter he's got a great website going he, he puts out a ton of content i have no idea I mean, do you have a day job my gosh do you have you put so much content out there <laughs> yeah, how do you do that a- it's it's this, and uh, I do a bunch of other stuff for our NFL Wire team, uh, videos and editing. So uh, a lot of time put into this. Good grief. All right, folks, again, give him a follow. Thanks a lot, man. 
Thanks, Derek. Appreciate you having me. Thank you. All right, that was Cam DeSilva for Rams Wire. USA Today Rams Wire. All right, so before we go, we do want to hit the mailbag today. We have several questions that are on the board. And among those, among those questions, we're wanting, we have multiple people who have asked about this. So here we go. Here we go. What is the condition, the prognosis on Andrew Whitworth and Robert Woods for the playoff game? That came from multiple people. On our, uh, this includes Chris Gordon at ZGUMWHA and um, Hooby, Colossus Rhodey. Okay, they asked about both of them. So here we go. As far as we know, Whitworth's going to be fine. Um, as for Woods, there wasn't really much of, much talk about him. I'm assuming he's going to be fine as well. Um, as we get more information out, I'll let you know. We'll let you know. It's, it, right now, I'm talking. I'm recording this section of the podcast on Thursday evening. I haven't seen the transcripts yet for today's press conference, but I think both are expected to be just fine. Okay. Also, other questions here. This comes from Eric Dreyer, E Dreyer four three five six. Will the defense mix up its looks and not be so vanilla? Well, I'm not so sure the defense has been vanilla. I think they've been playing more to their strengths as. A, as what I believe to be a bend but not break defense. They're not going to be this knockdown, drag out defense. We wish they would be. To me, they have a lot of the personnel to make it, and that didn't happen. But they're opportunistic. And so, what I expect them to do, I expect them to do, I do expect them to mix up their looks. I do expect them to make some changes and throw some things out there against whoever they play next weekend, not this weekend, next weekend, that those teams haven't seen yet. Okay. But I don't know that they haven't already been mixing up their looks. I don't think they're vanilla. I think that they're not, um, just not the defense we wish they would be. That's what I really think it is. I don't think, I mean, when this season started, I would have been shocked if anybody would have told me that team would not would be outside the top 10. I thought they'd be a top 10 defense, maybe a top 5 defense, with the talent they have there. And it just hasn't worked out right. From the very beginning, it hasn't worked out right. And it could be numerous factors. Donald uh, Sue not turning out to be what we thought he'd be. Acute Talib not uh, well being hurt early in the year. Uh, Marcus Peters them trying to move him more man to man when he's his own guy. And Marcus Peters has other issues as well. It just hasn't worked. The safeties have had a hard time this year communicating much more than last year. So uh, you know, and the, and the linebackers, linebackers weren't as steady as we'd hoped they'd be. So hopefully that changes as time goes on. They've been more steady. We could give them that, but there's still some fundamental things that we have to worry about. Uh, Justin Orsic asks, Goff still looks off, but when he's in the hurry, everything looks smoother with him. What's up? Well, that's because he played at Cal. That Cal offense was perpetually basically a two-minute offense for him. And, you know, when he can get in a flow, and any player gets into a flow, they play better. They get out of their own heads. And so the Cal offense was designed for that. So this is why I believe the Rams, when he's down, when the Rams are down offensively, a good idea may be to move more to that two-minute offense and see what happens. Okay? And that's what happened in the 49ers game. He was struggling, he was struggling, he was struggling, got that two-minute drive, and bam, look how well he played. And then look how well he played the rest of the game. He was fine the rest of the game. That first half beforehand, though, yeah, I know. Okay, Jerome Watt. He just wants to mention he sure does miss Cooper Cup. Well, so do we. 
That said, you know, with Cooper Cup, I I, I think that Josh Reynolds has done a, a decent job replacing him. Not great, but he's you know, Cooper Cup was was Goff's. He had, there was a security blanket. Is what he was. He was the guy. Goff knew exactly where he'd be every single time, and. When a quarterback loses that guy in their offense, it really messes things up. It's a, it's a struggle. You can see that over the years with Tom Brady and Julian Edelman and some of his other security blankets he's had, including Troy Brown back in years and years ago. Same thing here. You lose Cooper Cup, that's your security blanket, your safety blanket. That's gone. Now what's next? Okay. And the good thing I think has come out of it, we've seen more utilization of the tight end since Cooper went down. And I can only hope that happens more. We saw what Sean McVay did with tight ends in Washington. Now, hopefully, we can see Gerald Everett especially growing. He's so athletic and fast that I really still believe in Gerald Everett. I think he can be a monster. Okay, How many plays do you think C.J. Anderson will get with Gurley having nearly four weeks of rest? This comes from Steven at Darth Kool-Aid. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm hoping that the Rams can successfully use C.J. Anderson as kind of that as that double-edged sword. If you play a team like Dallas or or Chicago, they're going to be coming. They're going to be coming on the edges. They're going to be coming everywhere after Jared Goff. And to have a two-headed monster like Gurley and C.J. Anderson, the way he's been playing the last couple of weeks, that's going to be a huge deal for the Rams that they want to slow the game down and wear out those defenses. Because the reality for both defenses, especially the Bears defense, they're not huge guys, but they're fast. And you want to pound at them a bit and try and wear them down. And they're so fast that, uh, if for the most part, they're able to work around that. You want, to, you want to wear them down. That's what you want to do. You want to wear them down. So um, hopefully that's something that the Rams can exposed by using those guys. I you know what I'm not even gonna try though. I don't I don't know. I would hope we'd see we'd see in the division playoff 15 20 plays. Not necessarily carries, but maybe 15 20 plays for Anderson. Um and if that happens and we also see Toggle gets his, I think it's a win. I really do. I think it's a win. Okay. So we're about done here. Um, just want to go ahead and give you guys a quick closeout. If you're willing to sponsor us, if you're interested in sponsoring us and becoming a partner with us, please send us an email at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. Also, you can, you can call us at 657-666-5453. That's our Google voice. Leave a message for us. We'll get right back to you. Um, also, please, by all means, send us feedback. I will email you back. It might not be the same day. But I'll get back to you. If you have feedback for the show or just things you comments you want to make, um, I'll get back to you. I promise. Okay, we we're very big on feedback. We want to hear from you. We're not these detached people in the clouds. We really want to hear from you, and uh, you know, hopefully, you know, hear your points of view. Okay. All right. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. At Talk Rams on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Rams Talk. You can find me on Twitter at DC Apollo. I'm usually the guy operating the Rams Talk account, though, if you really want to interact. That's usually where I'm at. Don't forget us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify. And of course, 
iHeartRadio. Oh, and don't forget, please, if you like online radio, iebeatradio.com also plays our shows Wednesday, Saturday, and Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific time. And, you know, that they're good guys over there as well. So in case you like other kinds of music, world music, they've had talk shows. So that's a good plug for them. I hope hope they're listening. Hey, Jimmy, hear me? All right, so give them a shot. And, um, you know, hey, we have Hall of Fame announcements coming out here today. We'll, we'll be back for them at some point. I'm not sure which episode you'll get first because I'm literally recording this right now while the announcements are going out. We do know for a fact that Isaac Bruce is a finalist. I'm waiting to see maybe Tori Hulkinson as well. So stay tuned. And, well, I hope you all have a great one. Playoffs are coming. They're just about here. Go Rams. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late. And that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry. And our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com/keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done.